Somewhere in here is a picture that made me laugh so hard when I saw it. I, I, I flipped through this. I want to find, there's one that I have to assume that you took, mm. that I am uh, naked. This is back when I felt comfortable with my nudity. And I am naked, tan, wearing a baseball cap, <laughs> and doing this, a pose like this. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> it is in here. I can't believe it. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. We are covering episode 25. That is, starts at the 2401 minute mark and ends... This is episode 24. At the tw- No, it's not. Is it not? This is 25? Don't oh, do no. this. <laughs> Don't do I this. I mislabeled it. Oh, God. <laughs> Because I had something I was going to say for episode 25, it's a silver anniversary episode. Well, no, this is it. This is it. Well, god damn it. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Joining me to my right, the DJ Jazzy Jeff to my fresh prince. Wicka, wicka, wicka. I'm Ryan. And to his right, to continue the metaphor, <laughs> are Ready Roxy or That's Charlie right. Mack, depending on your preference. Booyah! <laughs> Booyah. That is not either of their taglines. I don't know Do who they, they are. <laughs> I don't I, know who they are. You don't know are. who Ready Rock. I thought you were a fan of the the, the Fresh Prince, the Too Damn Hype Posse. Too well, Damn Hype, Too Damn Hype. I didn't know he had additional people in his posse. Ah, well, he the, names them in one song, I think. Well, there's some of them. He has several songs that are about specific people in his posse outside <laughs> of. Well, I don't. I don't know who Bebop and Rocksteady so, are. <laughs> Ready Rock C is the human oh. beatbox in the okay. group. Here's you. These are your choices. Ready Rock C, the human beatbox. Or Charlie Mack, who is like there. He's the first out the limo. He's the toughest. <laughs> he's the toughest oh, guy in the crew, I, and so he's the what? He's kind of their bouncer security guy. I think that I think that uh, for the podcast, like I should do a beatbox, but I really want to be that guy that's coming out <laughs> of the limo. a lot cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it seems it. like a real hanger on. <laughs> uh, they got they had enough respect to write an entire song. Yes. So. Rewind. <laughs> so before we get into it, guys, I have a shout out of thanks to iTunes reviewer Kyle Benning forty one, aka on Twitter. You could follow him at, at Decon's Retreat. But uh, so he gave us a little five star iTunes review. Nice. And uh, as uh, the header on that is Grimlock loves this podcast more than Petro Rabbits. <laughs> That's a pretty good cut. And the, uh, the the comment he left, an entertaining, informative, and hilarious look at the fantastic Transformers animated movie from 1986, one minute at a time, highly recommend, five stars. Sweet. Thank you. That's yes, awesome. absolutely. He, uh, on Twitter, at Decon's Retreat, he's a great uh, tweeter and retweeter of a lot of great uh, Transformers content, including ours. That's so, awesome. It, uh, that that kind of, a little goes a long way. We get, like, we get some kind of <laughs> It feedback. really does help. It kind of helps my whole week. We are proud to count you among our listeners. If anybody else would like to pat us on the back and help stroke our ego, please feel free to do so. Uh, Last episode, um, 
uh, the we had our friend uh, Cuban B in mm-hmm. the house to cover it. He's Cuban gone B forever. Friend. If you hated that experience, don't worry, people. It'll never happen again. It's we killed him. <laughs> we murdered him. Uh, the so the heroic leader Optimus Prime. He turned the tide. The cowardly cons have hopped the last train to Space Town. <laughs> How long did you work on that? <laughs> it's been about five it's minutes. pretty good. We've taken a drastic, uh, somber shift in tone, and uh, basically we're in what amounts to Autobot City's ICU, where Prime's body mm-hmm. is being examined by Perceptor. Yeah, and this is a tough one, like, on a comedy podcast, it's hard. These next two episodes <laughs> are pretty rough. First of all, calling us a comedy podcast is presumptuous. I think that I would classify it as a comedy podcast. What kind of podcast are are we? we? Are we funny? Uh, In my mind. I don't know. Fair enough. I don't want to get too metaphysical about what comedy is. And so we've promised no jokes this entire episode. Yeah, none at all. (laughs) No jokes. Okay, kicking it off. See how quickly we can blow that. We have to respect this moment. Okay, that's the only one we had to respect. Okay, we can move on. Uh, so at the right of the beginning, Pre- Perceptor, he's looking at Prime as we said. He transforms into robot mode and he uh, says a line. Ryan, have you got a Perceptor impression? I fear the wounds are fatal. <laughs> and the look of sadness in his yeah. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, very expre- like. I- <laughs> It's Aww. pretty expressive, and then he looks down, and yeah, it's and this in this whole scene, uh, especially with it coming up um, on Cup at twenty four thirteen, they do a really good job of making them look distressed and upset, and it's like, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, the, the music uh, mm-hmm. totally adds to it. Definitely, too. definitely. So, so as that happens, uh, he's sad. He delivers the line, and everybody, there's a moment of kind of quiet. Um, I don't know what you just quiet sadness yeah. reflection hot rod Magnus RC and cup and Daniel he's in tears he says Prime you can't die and uh, Prime tries to kind of I don't want to bring a positive light to the experience he's obviously tired battered this whole he's dying sequence of yeah. his the squinting and the struggling mm-hmm. yeah vocal cords and everything it's uh and then his eyes like kind of glow and dim and mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. we've said it time and time again we just ne- you haven't seen this before mm-hmm. in the show and maybe ever I, this, in terms of kids yeah, i don't know if this has ever stuff. been like it's again i think i don't know how the producers could not know this would be upsetting like ah that fucking robots who gives a shit it's a kid's show i don't know but, <laughs> but i'm like how could you not know this would be upsetting because again like yeah and i can't think of any other kids show where you see someone who you've seen for seasons die this isn't your first impersonation of the producers did the mafia make this movie yeah we fucking made it i don't care give me a cannoli Okay. Oh, that's offensive. <laughs> Coming at you now. <laughs> and wager most, uh, you know, at least the Italian mafia probably eats cannolis. Sure. All right. And loves Transformers. <laughs> Absolutely. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. So the, uh, yeah, the complexity of his expression is amazing. The texture of the bruised, cracked metal, mm-hmm. amazing. Dense. And, uh, just polish it out, it'd be okay. Speaking of first, this is the first time we've ever heard any mention of the Matrix. Yes, I have that too. Yes, at twenty four twenty six, he says, "Soon I shall be one with the Matrix," which is in the uh, cartoon is the first mention of it. Uh, it's been in the comics a lot, but yeah. Prior right. to this, it was in the comics. Yes, 
Uh, Bob Budiansky, actually, I have in, a lot in the next episode, but uh, he came up with the idea of the creation matrix. So I think it, I have a little post-show note on it as well. So was there a good chance that a lot of people watching this were like, yeah. Course, see, course yeah. they're gonna find out. They're gonna find out real quick. And again, I think I didn't see this until <clears throat> I, I. I don't know. I don't think I saw. I think I must have seen season three before I saw the movie because I. I don't remember the Matrix being weird, or maybe it's just a thing where you're like, oh, that makes sense. As a kid, you're just rolling with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably correct. It, it just it pops out of his check and check. <laughs> it pops out of his chest and. Uh-huh. and um, it makes sense that it, yeah, it's some sort of life force or something that's important. Yeah, right. It's e- it's easy to pick that pick up on, or they do a great job of selling that. Yeah. So, pro- Hot Rods in Shock Prime, mm-hmm. and uh, Prime goes on to say, Ultra Magnus, it is to you, old friend. I'm gonna pass the matrix of leadership as it was passed to me. <laughs> Continued We're- squinting and flickering of eyeball lights, making me sadder by the moment. Oh, Which mean- Ultra Magnus. I mean, in hindsight, given what we know about season three, totally solid choice. <laughs> like, much yeah. better choice than... Because eventually, in season three, he kind of is the de facto leader, uh, day-to-day operations. Yeah. And, um, Rod, well, Rodimus is more of, like, a diplomat character who mm. also is not great. Like, I remember um, watching something on YouTube... It was a review, and I'll, I'll put it up on the page. Um, but, like, a guy who was going over what is good and bad about Rodimus, and one of the things where there's an episode where Springer goes through essentially what is the bone crusher from Nothing But Trouble mm-hmm. uh, and gets ground up, and Rodimus's reaction is, ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of taking a leadership yeah, position. Yeah, he's like, this is bumming me out. Help his friend. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, uh, and I'm sure we'll have play, especially towards the end of the movie when he becomes Rodimus mm-hmm. Prime, to talk about that. But, um, yeah, Ultra Magnus uh, claims he's not worthy. He's just a soldier. He's humble. And, um, you know, I don't know why he seems so shocked, though. I mean, he's basically second in command. Yeah. He's in charge of this city. He's also a truck. He's also, <laughs> always, obviously, it's a it's a stipulation because Rodimus becomes a truck. Well, but maybe, at that point, well, maybe he's playing it down. I mean, <laughs> maybe you know, so. Or maybe uh, you just have to have a trailer. That's he's like, I'm not worthy. You know? <laughs> so, have mo- hands motioning well, towards. I was just like, it. he's obviously in the line of succession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not but a shock. Does, so when Prime dies, does. Um, Ultra Magnus get to keep Prime's trailer. I think it, I think it goes with him into the pocket universe. <laughs> the what? I like a pocket universe is like the theory of why like um, you can uh, have like a trailer come out of nowhere, yeah. or like you can carry, like a bag of holding where things just go into a, a realm where you can pull it out at any time. It's well, just I think it's just the tra- his trailer is always just outside, s- sitting off camera. So yeah, lo- nope. It comes out. It's of way more pocket. complicated than that. <laughs> you don't even understand. Well, the quantum I want to. I want to think that Ultra Magnus, uh, on his day off, is just like I think I'm going to r- drive around with the with Optimus's trailer today, just for. Like he inherited it. Like yeah. was a, in the well, last well, he inherited, the, he inherited the Matrix. Ultra Magnus, the Matrix is yours. Also, if you want it, can my I, trailer, or yeah, you could sell it. At I'm not worthy to Prime, but can I? Can I have your trailer? <laughs> Really cool. It is to you, really old cool. friend. <laughs> that roller thing <laughs> that we saw in up to one episode is that would be pretty cool. sweet. I would love to see Ultra Magnus just riding around with Prime's trailer. As would it be his... hooked up in the back or loaded up onto his car carrier? Uh, Ooh, a double trailer situation. Or like a, ta- yeah. or like a tandem. Like he just pulls it around behind That's the other trailer. Saying, yeah. 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 Or maybe he stacks it on top. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he pushes it around in front of him. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so... 
Um, Magnus is, uh, you know, he's uh, having some perhaps uh, false modesty, but I think he's really being modest. Yeah. And uh, Prime continues to struggle with the words uh, to console Ultra Magnus. Uh, Ultra Magnus says he's not worthy. Prime says, nor was I. But one day an Autobot shall rise from our ranks. And that's where we have to awkwardly stop talking about the mm-hmm. episode. Because it's, that's where the minute ends. It is like uh, at 24.45 to 50. Like the voice work is pretty awesome. It's like the battle of the deep gravelly voices. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I really enjoyed that. And then when uh, 24.52... Uh, where he like eyes are, uh, eyes are glowing. Yeah, that's what. And then um, uh, where Ultra Magnus takes Prime's hand. I mean, it's pretty touching. Like it's yeah, a it's, very it's, tender moment. Yeah. And again, we brought this up many, many times. But I watched the part where Duke in GI Joe the movie gets hit with the snake. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is totally obvious they like re-edited this so that he's not dead. Like it, he's dead. In that scene, he's dead, and then off camera, right after like he dies, they go, he's gone into a coma. Oh yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, they they overdubbed it. Yes, yes, they did. It is like I'm like, oh sure, you just know that based on no information or medical knowledge. They say say that on the battlefield. Yes, (laughs) they say it right after he passes uh, out, uh, and they're like, he's been, and it it cuts to it's you're looking at him, and then they just go. He's in a coma, but nobody's <laughs> mouth is moving. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he was stabbed in the heart. With a, yes, with, with a, a snake snake spear. With a poisonous, with a poisonous snake spear. So, um, one of uh, one memory I have of this that uh, takes me back to our childhood is that the first time I watched this movie, it was definitely after season three had started. So I guess I was familiar <laughs> maybe with the concept of the Matrix because I think maybe they refer to it or I can't remember if Rodimus pulls it out at some point. Certainly it becomes <laughs> it, it part of the story. He pulled it out. <laughs> but uh, so the first time I saw this, eight or nine at your house. Mm-hmm. And so picture us, we're innocent eight, nine-year-olds. And this scene is happening. And my memory is that when... Prime and Ultra Magnus have this conversation, and Prime says, I'll pass it on as a pass to me. I'm not worthy. I'm just a soldier. And Prime says, nor was I. You said, (laughs) that's bullshit. What? (laughs) I don't remember that. You were too worthy, Prime. (laughs) Oh, God. And you were very passionate about it. And I tried to explain at least what I thought was happening at the moment was that Prime was just saying, no, Prime just means he wasn't worthy when he got it. And you were like, no way. He was always worthy. Oh, my God. uh, Mad that Prime wouldn't take credit for his... You were probably... Emotional at that point, and <laughs> I've always been emotionally unstable. So I mean, maybe I was dealing with my own shit. <laughs> um, he was always worthy. I was just always like worthy. Me. Just like me, like me, Dad. Why couldn't I be worthy of your love and affection, Mommy? <laughs> maybe talk to me once in a while. I don't care. <laughs> And one thing I meant to mention, actually, when we were talking earlier about uh, the voice work on this, um, is that. Back to our conversation about Robert Stack and how he mm-hmm. felt uncomfortable. He was yeah. really nervous about never doing done voice work. He just, like, kills it. Oh, killing yeah, it. he crushes he it. He is so good. He's killing it. Uh, but uh, anyway, okay, so that's the end of the episode. I don't have any voice actors, but well, I... Well, I was oh, uh, going to say just a quick thing, like... Um, uh, at 2459, where we're kind of, you know, uh, the shot where we're watching him die, it's basically he has said, I think his, I think that's, he has no more lines. I'm not sure if I'm right about that, 
But um, we'll finish it in the next episode. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I was wondering if either of you have ever seen anyone die. No, me neither. I have never, um, nor have I been in a room like at where the, someone is well, in the process of dying. Well, I've, I have. I mean, I I went and visited my, uh, I went and visited my grandmother uh, a year or two ago. And she was in the hospital, and she mm-hmm. died a week later. Yeah. So she was in the process of dying, but I wasn't. But I was not around, like in During the hospital the, yeah. when she actually um, passed away. Yeah, I've never even been that close to it. Uh, it's always been like. I mean, I, maybe I've been uh, in a room where someone died in the other room, and I just didn't know it. <laughs> well, and then the, the the obvious end of this sentence is I just blow my brains out. <laughs> <laughs> You, you don't have to do that because I was in the room when my grandmother died. Oh, I think you have told me that yeah. before. It was a uh, really I was the only one in there, and really, uh, she may not have officially. Well, I might not have been the only one in there when she officially died, but yeah, she was in hospice at where my sister lives now. But there was hospice care. She'd been they brought took her from the hospital to there um, to. Basically, you'd expect she maybe had a couple more days or whatever, but I sh- like right when I show up, I go in to see her, and she's like, she had, she was out, you know, out, out, but yeah. she was breathing, but she had uh, really bad pneumonia at, at the time, mm-hmm. along with some other things. And her, as she's breathing, you could hear all this gurgling because yeah. her lungs were filling up with liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, the gurgling just stopped. Oh God! And I had went to the room and I told her, I was like, I think she's gone or is about to be. And everybody went in there and uh, she was there was no gurgling <laughs> anymore at that did, point. Well, you, did weird. they pronounce wow. her at that point or? Uh, I mean, we all stayed around for a while. I mean, it was my mom slash sister's house at the time, mm-hmm. and I mean the hospice people. I can't remember whoever came and got her and took her away. I assume one of them probably made the call or yeah. whatever, but. Did she? Did she, she turn completely gray? Did she give you the matrix of leadership? <laughs> <laughs> I we, thought you were, we went two different I directions. Thought were, I thought you were going to ask if she shit her pants. <laughs> well, see, I was trying to be a little bit respectful. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you. Did she though? I'm not going to ask you because if your mm-hmm. uh, grandmother shit her pants when she died. <laughs> um, no, it, she wasn't talking. She was unconscious. I would have said, yeah. said shit the bed. She probably Literally, didn't have yes. pants on. Um, which I guess, oh, oh I'm just now God, realizing that term, shit the bed, that must mean dying because yes. like that's a term for like when something does, yes. fucks up. So yeah, that makes sense now. There's the yeah, etymology the of that term. I'll learn. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, moving on. So, so uh, actually... Think, oh, go ahead. Do you think Prime, when he dies here, he shits the bed? <laughs> it's just motor oil spills out of him. That seems just. That seems like it would take away from the emotional impact if they just showed like it's totally silent and you just hear dripping and you see motor oil pooling and antifreeze. So there was uh, an episode of Robot Chicken, and they <laughs> used tra- Transformers a oh, lot yeah. in some of their skits. And there was one where I I can't remember the details. Prime was in a hospital. Yes, he was dying, I and when he died, right. he transformed into a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, our friend Kyle Benning asked, uh, uh, this might be, hopefully this is a good translation of uh, a bit of input or an idea for a segment on the show, mm-hmm. where, I mean, I think each minute probably has, I mean, this movie is general, is so iconic to each of us, and each minute within each minute probably has what we would feel is like the most iconic moment, whether it's 
an illustrative element mm. or a line or each, each a, minute has at least one gem. Like one has at least one gem. Yeah. And and we might all have different opinions yeah. on what that gem is. Um, for this minute, um, you know, What's what, would, what would you say your oh. gem is? I mean, I don't know if it's um, biased by the fact we're staring at minute 2459. I was always struck by the fact that his face mask is uneven in that. How it's dented. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think um, probably the whole thing where um, Ultra Magnus takes uh, Prime's hand, I think, is the moment mm -hmm. for me in this one. I uh, mine's mine's just uh, it, it's just realizing that he's this he's gonna die and then his uh, then his uh, behavior on the table there yeah on the slab um, how he's just talking and wincing and like suffering right and suffering in a way that I'd never seen in cartoons before yeah and I'm impressed how they can maintain that. How they can uh, uh, um, render that emotion without mm -hmm. with bite with having half of his face concealed, right? Which I think is pretty. And I think that goes to the voice work of Peter Cullen. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And the animators. I mean, the eye thing. True. Is, yeah, the squint. Is, that's, oh yeah, yeah. They, the squinting. They, yeah. they so, throw it all into his eyes, and they throw it into the 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 damage mm -hmm. on him, and the music. <laughs> They went the extra mile. All of it. It's just a big... The music bummer. in this scene and the next scene are very good. Like, they're very good choices uh, by the composer, and they really heighten the whole thing. They, all the other characters look very... I mean, obviously, they're supposed to look very clean in contrast. They look very... They look very... Uh, they went to a lot of work to illustrate prime damage. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, they, they took... They, yeah, they with all... Like, that's not easy, all that no, detail. No, they, they took a lot of care uh, into doing that, so... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like, we really want all those children to have God, I'm just trying to imagine suffering. going into being a kid watching this in the screen. I can't imagine seeing this in the theater after I season two. If I was yeah. a parent, I would have been kind of uncomfortable. I would have been like, I mean, what the <laughs> no, this like, oh, it was PG. I wasn't seeing this. <laughs> That's yeah. right, because it was the word shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, you guys have covered a lot of things. I think to your point, uh, Caleb, like the, this, the music or the shift in tone and music and, uh, was I mean perfect for setting the tone of the scene, and uh, so I'll just go with the music in general um, on that. So okay, as I was saying earlier, transitioning. Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't have a voice actor, but I did think we would take a moment to talk about uh, Wally Burr. You maybe have heard us heard me bring him up before. He was the voice director for Transformers and uh, GI Joe. Mm. And uh, he actually passed away this year. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd get that Thank out of the Thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, according to the TF Wiki, um, so he was a super... And actually, uh, if you listen to the, um, to the special features, the, the commentary on the 30th anniversary edition, they talk a lot about it as well. But so he was a perfectionist, and he was known for super exhaustive voice uh, straining recording sessions. And so back in these times, the Screen Actors Guild uh, essentially had an eight-hour maximum time for mm -hmm. these sessions, just, you know, for the health of their vocal cords or whatever. Right. But most times it would usually max out around four hours because really eight hours is even that's pretty eight hours too much constant voice yeah can you imagine that's sad that, yeah that's doing star scream for eight hours oh my god 
But um, but Wally Bear didn't give a fuck about all oh, that. He's, he he <laughs> con- fuck all that. He was, he was known for continually prolonging sessions to the eight hour max, no matter what. Even if there wasn't really nece- like a oh, good so reason. Oh, so he was like, We're, uh, eight hours <laughs> is the rule. We We're gonna do eight hours. We got eight hours. But, I'm gonna take eight hours. So in fact, um, it was this habit of his that is it said. Was there was a there was an animation voice artist strike in 1987, and oh. so this practice of his and maybe a few others, but um, it was a major contributor to that. I mean, they wanted better pay and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff as well. But but um, but so they went on strike, and and ultimately that was granted that, that four hours max was their day. Along so they shortened other, it. They cut it in half. They cut yeah. it in half. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Good old Wally eight hour. <laughs> <laughs> so Wally eight hour burr. Exactly Wally eight hour. So uh, the vo- guy who did the voice of Sideswipe, Michael Bell, he joked that Burr's labor practices <laughs> were responsible for Orson Welles' death. Oh, oh no! <laughs> but he um, talked him to oh, death. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that Orson Welles was <laughs> he bossed was, around. No, he was yeah, no kidding. also 100% healthy before he went <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's right. not forget um, but there's a lot of actors who had some choice words for Burr and his, the labor practices, and some have actually backpedaled from it after his death, and even just even while he was alive. But because, but at the end of the day, despite you know, what people felt about that, uh, I think that the results are pretty conclusive. Because while the writing and the animation sometimes get a lot of shit on this show, mm-hmm. nobody ever has anything bad to say about the acting yeah. and the performances. And no. I mean, they are always amazing. And um, so oh, yeah, he's a hard ass, but he got results. Be, they, <laughs> they always deliver. So just think about that, everybody. Uh, beat your kids, and they will become <laughs> wonderful singers, just like the Jackson Five. Yeah. So <laughs> take that coal and press it into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also was a voice actor in his time, um, and but most of his credits are actually around voice directing. Mm-hmm. Most of his voice acting credits were incidental characters or filling in for voice actors when they, when they couldn't be When they be passed there. out from exhaustion. <laughs> 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 oh, man, that'd be so great. If, like he, the, in, in the episode, it's going... Uh, Hey, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's just a switch because he didn't want to re-record it. Get out of my way. (laughs) So he did fill in for it. Would be interesting to know which episodes we could kind of see if that how if that's Mm -hmm. the case. So jazz, ratchet, sea spray, thundercracker, and he vocalized Crimzeek. Remember Crimzeek? No. no, the little flamey, uh, annoying character. Oh, was that like the spark-looking yeah, thing? Yeah. Oh, that but, was a real weird one. What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. It was a weird. Was it like, a transformer? No, it was some it was weird like an fantasy alien or something entity. Or, yeah. yeah, it was a very strange Was it like the kazoo one-off. of the Transformers? Kinda, <laughs> but evil but, and didn't. What wasn't real? It was sentient, but. Uh, it wasn't. God. It just caused a lot of problems. Yeah. In both of, I, I can't okay. remember. I need to watch. I need to watch all these episodes. Um, in addition to Transformers and GI Joe, he also voice directed the Visionaries, uh, Spider Man that was around at that time, Rainbow Bright, Jim, Inspector Gadgets, and Humanoids, oh, Hong Kong Fui, Dino Riders, Captain Caveman, <laughs> and a nineteen eighty nine dub of the movie Akira. Oh wow! Well, so, that's, a, that's a big deal. So yeah, so that's uh, Wally Burr in a nutshell. And he died this year. The, that is correct. Okay. He's dead. Prime is dead. Everybody is dead. We're all going to die. No, Prime, well, I guess. Well, he's not dead. Colin's still yeah. alive. That's right. Oh, God. 
I hope that doesn't happen while we're recording this. Oh, no. I just got an alert on my phone. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, you guys know what time it is? What? What? Ricky, 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 Ricky. Rip deviations. <laughs> I'm doing my, I'm the, <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. what you got? Um, there are not a huge amount in this one. There are some really significant ones in the next one. So everybody, there's a little, there's a little taste there. But uh, in this one, and I think this is a good choice. I understand that Perceptor is supposed to be analytical and scientific, but his lines in the original script, uh, whenever he transforms, he says, His wounds are mortal. Soon his life maintenance system will self-extinguish and all function will cease for eternity. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that's, you're doing a lot of extra. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't that's know why the, you gotta add for eternity. That's the opposite on my version of the script. Really? In what do you my have? version of the script, like, Perceptor can't... <laughs> No, in my version, he can't even finish the line. He says, I fear the wounds are... And then just trails off. He can't bring himself to wow. say anything. So, so they kind of the full spectrum. Yeah, they went happen. for the middle ground. <laughs> they did I, once again, I applaud their uh, work on that because I think they made the right choice. Um, the only other thing that is a little different is Optimus Prime's uh, uh, speech. Um, uh, he has more in the next... Uh, 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 minute uh, the, at this one, um, whenever he is passing the Matrix to Ultra Magnus, uh, he says, "You and I battled the Decepticon hordes across the corridors of time itself. Oh. I know you'll continue that struggle." Sags gasps, hanging on. My life spark, transfer the spark. Wow, mm, it's heavy. So they, it sounds Which, like they hadn't completely solidified the concept of the Matrix No, it's yet. very different here, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, is again, more in the next episode. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, in the the world of uh, the movie and the season three, the like the, the idea of the spark is only in this script and doesn't come into the canon until Beast Machines. Hmm. Uh, so I think yours must be before mine. I don't know why we haven't so done too. the research on this, because mine definitely makes mention of the Matrix, but... Uh, the only other thing I have is that the script mentions, and I can't remember if we talked about this last episode, but the script mentions that Prime is on a, quote, improvised platform oh. with a profusion of electricity discharging tubes and, quote, plasma bottles yeah, we did. hooked up to his arms and gaping middle wound. And uh, clearly on the screen, it doesn't really appear improvised at all. <laughs> there are, or that anything is connected to him. And there's well, nothing no, connected to there's him. There's a machine that's taking readings. Yeah, there is a presumably. Well, so I guess it's Bluetooth because the there thing, is nothing like, hooked up to him. Monitoring. It is wireless as opposed to everything else in this movie, which has to connect to a weird device. <laughs> if to he's got make Bluetooth health monitoring, why couldn't Soundwave Bluetooth I, that video? I'm glad that, that they didn't have show uh, have a bunch of tubes and stuff. I think, I think that, it would have been distracting yes, from the moment. I agree. Also. Kinda Leave him pure. You didn't need him to get it. Right. No. Yeah, you get it. That's simplified. Um, all right. Well, next episode is a very heavy, yeah. yet sort of content light episode. I actually uh, have a lot. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess uh, content in terms of what happens on screen. Right, right, right. Uh, but uh, I will say a torch will be passed. Mm-hmm. However, 
temporarily. A bed, a bed will be shit in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, and this is definitely we kept with, there will be no jokes in this episode. <laughs> it's like impossible. I know. Uh, so, uh, um, all right, everybody, please listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Tune in. Does anybody listen on TuneIn? I don't know. Shout out and tell us if you listen on TuneIn. That was Caleb's or... idea if you think that was stupid. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just throw just throwing it wherever I can. I mean. <laughs> Follow us on our social media as well, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APodDcast. And then, of course, there's we- our web presence at AutopodDecepticast.com. And definitely go to the website, guys. Put a lot of uh, extra extraneous video on um, our website, on the episode uh, show, because, um, you know, just uh, tangential things we mention is fun. And uh, I put a lot of neat stuff there, guys. If you are an <laughs> iTunes user, rate and subscribe. Yes, please. Five stars. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Like, yep, I gotta go. I mean, it is, it's not easy. Certainly not easy work, but it's hard to sell to Andy. Like, I'm gonna go play the key. I'm gonna go play the piano mm-hmm. at the gig tonight. Mm-hmm. Our, Hard work, hard, hard work at the office tonight. Uh, yeah, but it is work. I mean, oh god, yeah. And I made the mistake of, of I smoked some pot between the first and second set. The whole band. <laughs> that the was whole, the second set. The whole band. The whole band did. So, and I, I said to the drummer, and these guys are all in their upper sixties. Oh Jesus! And they smoke pot all the time. And I said to the, uh, the, the drummer goes, oh, I got too high. We're all in the parking lot, and. Uh, the other guy, the lead singer, smokes some, and he walks because he walks up after, and he goes, he smokes, and then after a minute, I look over him, and he go, he's going <laughs> <laughs> for like a minute. And, well, that's not a good face to see. And then I go, yeah, I'm pretty high too. And the drummer goes, as long as we're all, as long as everybody's stoned together, it'll be fine. And that's typically how it works. If you're the one sober guy. Well, if you're the one, the worst is if you're the one high guy playing with sober people. What was that gig? That is not good. Did, I can't remember if you played it or just went to a concert where, I, did you do like a lot of acid and then run away or something? I played at a festival where I uh, was I was just in the mood to try whatever came, came, came my way. And um, I took, this is kind of hot for me. I, I'm not sure what I took, but at the time I was, I was looking around for mushrooms. And I asked this guy that I know, and he, he, he said, I've got these, and they're pills, the white pills. Super. And he goes, Unlabeled pills. And he made a point to tell me, hey, just to let you know, these are, these are kind of in the experimental phase. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, sure. So Why I, not? I think it was... Um, You've sold me, sir. I think it was either, I think actually it was probably something more along the lines of ecstasy or MDMA or something. Mm-hmm. Normally I don't hallucinate. I thought I was a Native American that night. I was howling at the moon. Oh my god! I got myself driving around in a golf cart and I hit yes. a tree. Yes, I, I hit a stump. How'd you get a golf cart? I was I was playing, so I had access to oh, like Jesus. the equipment. So I was driving and I um, saw uh, uh, Jim Jim Ray. They were down like kind of in some in some trees, camped out, and I was started driving over to them. And I just I guess I just didn't. 
I thought I saw a path, but it wasn't. My eyes were messed. I couldn't see things. So I, I got it. I got it high centered on a stump. <laughs> Did they help you? Get they helped me the get stump. it off, and then they uh, turned me around and sent me. You know, like go away. I couldn't find my tent. Like I, I <laughs> of course found. Not. I found a uh, wolf. Uh, uh, Jason Wolf. No, the younger oh, Glenn. Glenn. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to find him. I was like, kind of like. I was kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Any port in a storm. Yeah, yeah, and he was. And uh, I said, I need help finding my tent. And he took me to these tents. I knew... He just took you to a tent. One of, my, one of them was my tent. Well, he didn't know what my, what my tent was. Sure. It was dark. I could not, like, process which one of the tents was mine. <laughs> so I got back to my truck, which I was really also... Ha- and I just laid down in the bed of my truck and tried to sleep oh, it off. God. And then... I did what I usually did when I played that love fest, uh, would not get any sleep, mm-hmm. and the first instinct at like 8 in the morning when it got light, I'm going to drive to Aaron's house. <laughs> I think I do remember this now I as need to well. go crash somewhere. Jesus Christ. I want to go home like this. That sounds nightmarish Where was I living at this time? This was going to be, this would have been 2004. And two thousand and summer of two thousand four and summer of two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We the year we got married was two thousand four, and mm-hmm. then I we moved to St. Louis, and then I drove back down for this festival. Okay. And then I drove back to St. Louis. I was a mess. <laughs> We're lucky you're here. I mean, today. We're well, that's a whole separate issue. Has <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with. That's Love just fest. Uh, yeah. Well, are you gentlemen ready? Yeah. Uh, you want some headphones? Or? I didn't bring any. 